Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cowboys 2023 minicamp is in the books. And tonight we will dive into the three biggest winners out of minicamp and maybe some losers as well. So without any further ado, let's get this show started. Thank you for being here. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's talk about some Cowboys football. Offseason is basically over. Not technically, because rookies will still be around the star for, as Mike McCarthy called them, classroom work and life skill things. So they're going to work on... Maybe not not football stuff during the afternoon. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys rookies are going to be facing next week. But veterans have been sent home. And the next date of importance for them is July 24th. Because that is the day that the Cowboys are going to report to training camp. And then July 31st is going to be the first day that the Cowboys put on pads and get to work. So it's going to be exciting, but in the meantime, I do want to dive into three of the biggest winners. I know that I think we, we can come up with some interesting conversations tonight, as you guys also mentioned some players that were apparent winners during OTAs, during minicamp, because, you know, the title of the video is minicamp, but I think that OTAs will also be a part of tonight's conversation, and we're going to dive into some losers as well. So, Welcome everyone into the show. Let me say hi really quickly. We've got Toxic Tom. Uh, just now I'm seeing the comments about the audio. That is weird. Does it sound weird right now? I hate this. <laughs> I hate this because I'm actually using a new setup, a new computer. So I would assume it has to do something with that. Let me try to take a pause here really quickly and listen to what it actually sounds like. I'm sorry about the audio. Toxic Tom says it sounds like you're talking through your next uh, next still phone. But it actually, does it sound good? It sounds fine on Facebook, says uh, people are saying that. That's weird. That is weird right now. Okay. I'm going to keep going then with the audio just as usual. That sounds weird. It's okay now, says Bruce. Maybe it was a little bit unplugged for some reason at one point. Maybe, maybe. Okay, thank you to Nick. 
Thank you to Nick. Uh, thank you to Katharina, Cool Hands, everyone who is uh, mentioning that the sound that the audio is actually good. Okay, we're good to go then. Sorry about that parenthesis really quickly there. Uh, shout out to Toxic Tom, the guru, who says, I'm looking at July 31st for Cowboys training camp. Pat's on time. Yes, sir. We've got House Nelson as well. The guru says Cowboys risers for him. Sam Williams, Tyler uh, Bland, and Israel Mukwamu. It's going to be fun. I'm actually going to open it up to the chat right now, and I'm going to say, who is your biggest winner out of Cowboys minicamp or OTAs, whatever you want it to be, who is the one player that, in your opinion, is the biggest winner of the three-day minicamp or OTAs? Let's get right into it. I've got three names for you tonight. I think three names. One of them is very obvious, and then we're going to get into some losers as well. So number one for me is going to be... Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, one of the biggest names that the Cowboys added this offseason. But, hey, big name additions in the NFL are far from a guarantee. Many times we've seen them go the wrong way. And, of course, we're a long, long way from the actual season being played. But I've got to say that raving reviews for Brandon Cooks and more specifically for Brandon Cooks' speed. And that is very important because we have hounded the table for a few years now about how the Cowboys lacked that deep threat that could really, really demand a lot of attention from opposing secondaries with that vertical threat with speed. And Brandon Cooks apparently is already wowing teammates. He's wowing uh, coaches as well with his speed. And we're not talking about just straightforward, straight line speed. We're talking about in and out of routes. And he's also already getting involved with the younger players. And I think that is a big W as well for Brandon Cooks because we are seeing him really take on that veteran role. And he's not shying away from the fact that he's a veteran that can teach Jalen Tolbert, a lot of things that can teach Simi Fehoko, a lot of things that can maybe contribute to CD Lamb taking his game to the next level. CD has always been a player that is kind of like hunger, hungry for uh, for not knowledge. And you remember those videos when he was talking to Omari and Mari Cooper was talking him how to, uh, talking to him about how to get better releases and all of that, more explosiveness out of his stand. So I think it's a perfect couple in that sense uh, between Cooks and CD, but also with the younger guys. Uh, Dylan Tolbert said that last year, T.Y. Hilton helped him late in the year when he was added to the team. And we we could apparently see something similar with Brandon Cooks as well. Uh, it seems like he is really ready to go and he is already making a very, very first uh, strong first impression with the Cowboys. So that is my number one on the list. Let's see what you guys have for me, though, in the chat. Matt Waletsko says Toxic Tom is a close second. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Waletsko tonight. Uh, Toxic says Jabril Cox as well. Sounds like Jabril Cox is also a very worthy player to be on this list because they've been talking a lot about how he's looked on defense. And hey, sometimes it takes time. Seems like we as 
fans or media members that are maybe not in the practices and all of that, sounds like uh, they know more about him now than we do because we have not seen Jabril Cox. And for us, that is the issue, right? We have not seen him play. Something has to be wrong. Uh, Mon Clark entered one year later and he kind of beat Jabril Cox to that spot on the defense as soon as Anthony Barr went down. So it would be very interesting to see if that becomes a real competition at linebacker alongside Leighton Vanderesh. I think that LVE is a guaranteed starter at this point. But I'm looking forward to seeing if Jarrell Cox can shake things up and maybe earn some playing time and take it away from the Mon Clark. Because I think that's right now that is your that is your projected starting duo of linebackers. And I'm going with the duo because you're going to be on nickel most of the time. So that is a real base defense right now. He should help out CD Lamp a lot, says Jeff Clark. I agree. I really do. And I think he's going to help him be where CD is the most dangerous, which is inside. Shout out to Jonathan Taylor, who is watching on Facebook. Guru says, I can only go by hearsay. Oh, yeah, 100%. We're not there in the practices Hey, we're not there. Like even the the top reporters, the top insiders are not there for most of the practices. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, wide receiver cooks and surprised that Jarrell Cox were said to be standouts as the guru. Inez Gomez also goes with Brandon Cooks. Uh, some of your biggest winners. Uh, Sup, Desmond. Thank you for joining the show. The guru says Patrick Nosey Walker uh, said that Cox seems like. He's been in position to make plays a missing element from him last year. And Russell does bring up a good point. I still think they will sign another linebacker, says Russell over at Facebook. Could be. I think that if you ask me what are some of the most likely positions where the Cowboys could still add some players, I would say linebacker, running back, and offensive line, obviously. But actually, like, you would say, obviously, because the Cowboys could always use more offensive line depth. But I will take it back because I think that the Cowboys have not been known for adding offensive linemen late in the offseason, right? I think that they're working with what they've got. Speaking of offensive line, let's get right into it because he's already in the graphics. So, and, and Toxic Tom already mentioned it. But I am going with offensive lineman Matt Walletsko. At number two, I'm going with Willetsko here. We also do not know much about him yet. We have barely seen him play so far. But Matt Willetsko could be in a position in which, and I'll open it up to the chat right now, but he could be in the week one starting lineup. From one to ten, how surprised would you be if Matt Willetsko is your starting right tackle in week one. And I say this not as in him being the long-term plan for the Cowboys, but hear me out. According to Mike McCarthy, Waletsko has been impressive to the coaches working on two positions, left guard and right tackle, which is are which are obviously the two slots that we have not really figured out what the Cowboys are trying to do because at first they were working Tyler Smith at left tackle exclusively for minicamp. They 
moved him back inside with Tyron Smith taking over at left tackle. So we know that those are more or less the possibilities for the Cowboys. But if it's the latter, if Dallas goes into the season thinking Tyron and Tyler on the left side and Terrence Steele is not ready to go week one, you need somebody to play at that right tackle position. I wouldn't be surprised if that is well, let's go while Terrence Steele comes back from injury. And Mike McCarthy has talked about continuity being a big deal for us, for, for them and everything. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Waletsko, who's been impressive at those two positions, is a bigger plan, is a bigger part of the plans for the Cowboys than we think right now. Because we believe that he's just like uh, the swing tackle right now for the Cowboys or something like that. But he might be getting ready for a big, big role for the Cowboys. How surprised would you be from 1 to 10 for uh, Matt Waletsko to be starting in, in week one? Let's see what you guys have for me. Katharina goes with a 5. Russell says if Steele is not ready, a 10. Toxic Tom goes with a 4. Inez Gomez goes with a 7. The Guru says, I think that they will take a long, hard look at their inexperienced young linebackers first and then add a free agent veteran. Hey, maybe even like maybe even Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is still available. Toxic Tom says, well, let's go. Sounds like the plan at swing tackle. And I agree. And, you know, hearing those positive reports out of minicamp is also very exciting. And it's particularly interesting with Waletsko because we know about the potential. Like, he's a freak in terms of athleticism and in terms of size. And the Cowboys have found some late-round gems, honestly, over the last few years. And even UDFAs, including Terrence Steele here. Think about it. Like, obviously, Tyron and Tyler and, and Zach Martin are all first-round picks, so won't include them here. But Tyler Biotish was a late-round draft pick for the Cowboys, and he's out there being a big part of the team at center. And I think that we saw his best season yet last year, and it was very exciting to see him level up in several areas, which I believe that he did. And he was a menace in some of those plays, run, run plays in which he was a, a pulling lineman to lead the way for the running backs. We saw some cool plays that we broke down here on um, primetime at least a few times. So Biotish, late round draft pick. And then you hear about Terrence still being a UDFA, honest, obviously. Maybe Waletsko can be that next find that the Cowboys are able to show off in the trenches, especially because of that athleticism and that potential that he apparently has. Let's see here. Uh, I am worrying about how many linebackers will we be will we be keeping on the 53 roster, says the Guru, five or, or six. It's a good question, especially with Harper and, you know, the special teams element of it. You are going to miss Luke Gifford, who was a guaranteed spot before as a special teams ace, he's no longer going to be around. Are you planning on the Marvin Overshone being that special team ace, or is it going to be somebody like Harper, somebody else that maybe we overlook in some of these shows? It's going to be interesting. Linebacker is, is, is interesting. 
before we move on to the number three winner that I have for you, House Nelson says, has Mo already talked about Alarcon getting complimented by the coaches? I missed a few episodes, says House Nelson. Not yet. That was said on Thursday. I obviously got excited about it. You guys know that Isaac is my guy. I've been rooting for him since he started in the NFL International Player Pathway Program. And Isaac is working with the defense. It's a tough situation for him. It's a tough situation because he's learning a position that he has not played, not even in high school, not in college. He had never played defense. He's talking about how he enjoys it more. He did say that on an exclusive interview for ESPN, that it's more fun to go after the quarterback than it is to protect him, which makes sense. But it's tough to really know where he would fit in, especially because according to his comments, Alarcon's comments, he's going to be playing from a three-technique position, which means he's competing against Oza, Gallimore, Biliami Fehoko, because it appears that they're planning on moving him inside. Chauncey Goldston, who was moved inside as well. Uh, if he makes it to the practice squad, it's going to be a huge win for him. Obviously, if he makes it to the 53, it's going to be party time for every Cowboys Mexican fan, I believe, because we're rooting for him. We are rooting for him. Uh, very interesting, though, that Alarcón's, like McCarthy's quotes on Alarcón were pretty strong, and they were not only about him having the work ethic and him showing up. He also mentioned it. He always does when he talks about Isaac. That's one of his biggest strengths. But he went a little bit further with them comments. And he said, hey, we are excited for him. So it's going to be fun to see if Alarcon has a better chance than what many people would think. Because Alarcon is fairly criticized like uh, by, by fans in general just because of his background, I would say, in the sense that it's tough for a player that has not played U.S. college football to make it in the NFL, right, in the first place. It's a tough background to work with in that sense in, in terms of football. And I've talked about it before. In college, in Mexico, you don't get a lot of the stuff that offensive linemen and defensive linemen get in the NFL, right? Like they don't get... Slide half slides, full man slides. They don't deal with a lot of that big scheme element of it. It's usually just big on big. Take care of your gap and don't worry about much else. So obviously, obviously excited about Alarcon. Let's wait a little bit there. Um, hoping to talk to him at some point this offseason. I would love to. So we'll see if that happens or not. Anyways, moving on a little bit here on the show. Number three, before we get to number three, who is or who do you think or, or who is somebody that we are missing so far that we have not talked about that has been a big winner for the Cowboys in minicamp slash OTAs? Let me know in the chat. Who do you think right now we are missing? We have talked about Brandon Cooks. We have talked about Matt Walletsko. People in the chat have mentioned Jabril Cox and a couple of other guys. Who do you think we are missing right now? Let me know in the chat. And before I get to my number three, which is somewhat out of the box, I will say it. Let me talk to you about our friends 
over at freemanmazda.net. Because as always, it is time for us to talk about the family-owned business. Has been so for over 65 years, by the way, and they are right of the week. You can check out their dealership at Irving, Texas, or you can browse through their wide range of new and used vehicles over at freemanmazda.net, where you can see the pictures of every car, features of each of the vehicles, and as we do around this time here on Prime Time, it is time for us to dive into the ride of the week. It is the new 2023 Mazda CX-50 2.5S Select All-Wheel Drive. It starts at $31,070. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got a blind spot monitor, rain-sensing wipers, Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, and a fuel economy of 24 miles per gallon in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are on the highway. So make sure you check out the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. Who's one player we are missing on tonight's show talking about the winners and the losers? We're going to dive into some very quickly. Hey, thank you to TZ. Thank you, sir, for joining the show and supporting the show. Lance Sam Williams. Man, Sam Williams, I'm excited about Sam Williams in 2023. I really think that he can make that jump, especially in terms of their rotation. And I think that we're going to see much more from him. Last season, he ended behind Dante Fowler, behind Lawrence Armstrong in snap count percentage. I'm thinking that will change. And obviously, the goal would be for him to become the number three guy before Demarcus Lawrence behind behind the Marcus Lawrence and behind Michael Parsons if we are looking at all of them as edge rushers I wonder if I think that he can jump Fowler fairly easily I wonder about Armstrong because I do think that Dan Queen and the Cowboys are higher on Armstrong than than we think sometimes because Armstrong plays a lot of snaps and he also carries out a lot of different roles I needed a sip of water just now. Because last night, ladies and gentlemen, my voice was out. I will show you why before I say goodbye tonight. So stay tuned and stay with me until the end of the show. Because last night was a night of celebration for me and for a lot of people here in Chihuahua. I already gave you, gave you a hint right there. But, but, but we'll get to that. Number three on my list. And this is some somewhat of a wild card here, but I'm gonna go with Hunter Leapkey, the undrafted free agent running back slash fullback out of North Dakota State. I'm gonna go with Lipke because he's been praised by the coaching staff, but also I thought it was quite intriguing that Stephen Jones replied to a question about potentially adding a bigger back. And obviously, in a world in which we still talk about Ezekiel Elliott potentially reuniting with the Cowboys on a daily basis, Des Bryant chimed in on that conversation. He quoted a tweet from Jay Tuck, who is uh, one of the badass content creators that Cowboys Nation has. Uh, and Des Bryant quoted him and got in the conversation, and he said that it makes too much sense to bring back Seek, that it's a win-win situation, all of that. But when Stephen Jones was asked about adding a bigger back, 
first name out of his mouth was Hunter Lipke. And you look at the evidence, and we have not necessarily heard the coaching staff praise Lipke directly or in a big, big way. But the Cowboys are talking about at giving running backs more responsibility in pass pro. And I think that's an area where Lipke can thrive in. They're also talking about not really adding a bigger back. And I think that Hunter Lipke can take on that role. Because we, we talk about Lipke as a fullback because that's how he projects to the next level, right? For the Cowboys and for every other NFL team. That, that's how he projected as a prospect. But he was a running back at the end of the day when he was in college. It was a very power scheme type running game. The one that the Bisons played when he was over there. So it's definitely a situation in which we might need to start thinking about Hunter Liebke as, and I hate to say it, but yeah, like as an H-back instead of as a fullback. Because he's more likely to be involved in short yardage situations. He is likely to be involved as a pass catcher and generating some matchup problems there for the defense. And maybe, based on what Mike McCarthy has been saying, maybe we see him as a pass protector more often than we believe. So I think that Hunter Lipke is a winner from minicamp and maybe one that has flown under the radar a little bit over the last few days. This is mostly based on... This is mostly based on Stephen Jones talking about Hunter Lipke when he was asked about adding a bigger back. It makes me wonder what exactly are the Cowboys planning for him. And I do feel very confident, and we, we said this the week of the draft, the week after the draft, I feel confident that Lipke is going to be on the 53. I really am. Toxic Tom says, Mo needs water because his voice is cracking. He is growing up right before our eyes. <laughs> hmm. Man, I remember my voice change. Crazy stuff. How's Nelson says, I'm dangerously close to believing all the hype about us will come true. I'll never learn. I mean, it is June. This is the time to do that. This is the time to believe that every one of these players is going to break out, <laughs> etc. Let's see who else here. TC says, I do believe Gilmore is a more complete cornerback. That doesn't mean that he'll have a better season, but the potential is there. I thought it was interesting that PFF, for example, did grade Stephon Gilmore as the best cornerback on the Cowboys team right now. And it goes to show like how big of an addition that one was. We know that Trevon Diggs is the future. We know that we want the Cowboys to get him signed and all of that. But if you ask me right now who's the best cornerback, it's not an easy question. And, and Gilmore might be the right answer for that because he has played very well. He has played very well. And, and last year was kind of like a bounce-back season for him too with the Colts. Alex says, you don't need a fullback, period. That position is dead. Hunter is a hybrid tight end. And I don't think it's really dead. I don't. I think, you know, position names across the NFL, we use some positions that are like, you know, super straightforward. But a hybrid tight end is exactly what we were talking about in the sense of an H-back. Like, 
And H-back is sort of a hybrid tight ends fullback who has blocking responsibilities, who has receiving responsibilities, first and foremost. But I wouldn't rule out Hunter Lipke also taking on a big role in short jarded situations. I love Pollard. He's not really a power back, though. I mean, can he do it? Can he run between the tackles? For sure. But is he a guy that you want to run full speed at the line of scrimmage in a fourth and inches situation? Maybe not. And maybe the guy that is the closest to that right now within the roster, maybe that's Hunter. I don't think that the fullback exists, uh, obviously, uh, in a much, much more different way than before. Like, I mean, Kyle Juszczyk might be the exception to the rule, but some of these coaches are still using 21 personnel with a fullback in there, and we've seen it be extremely successful. And in a league in which defense are trending towards more of a too high shell most of the time and playing light boxes with a safety fitting the run from, from depth. I think that adding that personal package and being successful with it can be a game changer in a big, big way. Because he gives defense a headache. So Andre Lipke is my number three on the list. I'm going to give you some losers, but we're just going to run through them really quickly. We're not going to dive into them uh, at depth, but we might later in the week. I've got three losers. One relates to Matt Waletsko, and that is Josh Ball. While Waletsko is getting praise playing two positions, Josh Ball has not gotten a lot of looks at tackle. I think that there were some tweets and reports that he did get some snaps, but definitely not his priority right now as the Cowboys have used many practices reportedly to use him at guard. So I think that Josh Ball... Maybe has one foot outside the door at this point. I wouldn't include him in my roster projection right now. Hoping to have one, by the way, uh, this week. Hopefully we, we have that at some point. But Josh Ball, to me, is a loser out of this offseason. Nishan Wright as well, mainly because of health. And the same goes to Jordan Lewis. Now, both of those players are in very different situations. Nishan Wright, on one hand, is a French player right now, in my opinion. Like He might be cut from the Cowboys, especially with the addition of Gilmore and the addition of Eric Scott Jr. in the sixth round. He could be that player that takes over his spot right there. And Sean Wright has not been training. And maybe that's because of an injury, but we have not heard a lot about Wright, period. And it's not like his season ended properly last year. So I think that Sean Wright is in danger of being cut and could be fighting for his job in training camp, but definitely did not help that he was not around to work in OTAs and minicamp. And then on top of that, Jordan Lewis, I'm going to put him as a loser, but in a different situation. I still think that Lewis makes the roster. That's my take right now. But Kelvin Joseph has moved to Nickelback, and Mike McCarthy said that he's been having his best stretch of football yet with the organization so with Lewis being out with an injury as well and being reportedly not going to be ready for for training camp he's expected to start training camp injured is he in a position in which the Cowboys say you know what we like Kelvin Joseph's upside just a little bit better inside plus we know that he's a special teams ace 
while Jordan Lewis is not? Does, does that hurt his job security at this point? Maybe so. Maybe so, especially in a contract year. So, again, different situations. I think that Wright has one foot out the door as well. And I think that Lewis has one foot inside. So it's different, but his stock has to be a little bit down with the injury updates and the and the Kelvin Joseph switch inside. Let's see here. Bruce says, either way, I don't accept opinions from folks who don't have the team's best interests. Bruce, I don't know. Uh, I think that that was a debate. I think that I read a comment of a debate with King Early the Wise. I think so. I don't know. Uh, what about cornerback Marcus Peters? Is John seems like to uh, he has a lot of red flags in terms of health right now. I think that's why he has not been signed yet. Would love to see uh, that guy somewhere, but I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be in those sweepstakes. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. But before I leave you, I gotta brag a little bit. I gotta brag a little bit. Let let me use this space. For a quick brag slash sharing. I'm just kidding. I just want to share it with you because I've talked about this on the show here and there. Uh, this is not Cowboy stuff. It's not NFL stuff. It's LFA stuff. That is Liga de Fútbol Americano, Mexico's professional football league. I've been working with the Caudillos de Chihuahua, which are from my hometown, since they were founded in 2019. I covered their very first tryout. And last night, the Caudillos ended the season 12-0 and with a championship, and they won the bowl, the Mexico Bowl number six. And I wanted to brag about it. Uh, I cover them with a bi-weekly no, uh, show that runs, you know, pretty much two to three times per week. I've been the voice of their broadcast since... Uh, between 2020 and 2022, I did the broadcast. This year was different, though. I was a PA announcer in the stadium. And, man, just excited about them winning the championship. 18,750 18, people in the stadium last night. That is a record in Mexico pro football history. And, man, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just proud. I'm, I love that team. and. They were absolutely amazing. It was a tough game, too. It ended 10-0. It was a defensive matchup. A lot of mistakes from the offenses. I'm going to keep it real. There were a lot of mistakes. But, man, that's a trophy. That's a trophy. I wanted to show that off. They let children pose with the trophies. says Toxic Tom. Yes, sir, they did. They did. If I count as that, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. Thank you so much for the support. As always, Mexican champions versus the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you pick, Mal? <laughs> this is John. Oh, man. Not there yet. Not there yet. The LFA is not there yet. Hopefully sometime uh, they will be. But, man, that was three years in the making. Three years in the making. And so cool. So cool to be a part of a little bit of Mexico football history. Uh, that was amazing, man. That was amazing. 
it is more of a one cool thing, but I, I was not going to wait until Tuesday, Toxic. I was not going to wait until Tuesday. Uh, thank you to Guru. Thank you to Gilbert, uh, John. Thank you to Alex. All of you guys, for sure. Thank you so much. Double R, Katharina, Ines. Thanks so much. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We'll talk more tomorrow night. Thank you so much. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.